Hello, Brodies and Brodettes of the world. My name is Caleb Walgren, and you have joined us for a fun-filled Brody Sports Breakdown to begin your month of June. My name is Caleb Walgren. I am your host. You're joining us for Season 3, Episode 212, and I'm joined by the most dynamic co-host of all time, who currently has the Cowgirls in the Women's College World Series and the Cowboys hosting a regional the lucky number seven seeds, it is Derek Rusnick wearing Captain Orange today. Derek, how are you doing today? Bro D talk. It's in the game. That's what's up. Uh, thanks. Thank you for uh, making my transition super easy. Uh, what I do. We're going to start with our quick hitter of this day in sports history. June 1st, 1988. Madden debuts the first of many in its line of football video games of the NFL. Uh, I have not played Madden 88. I uh, am not even necessarily sure what it was released on. I remember seeing it on Sega and attempting to play it on Sega as a child, and that was bad. Uh, I definitely appreciated it more with PlayStation, Xbox, and these next generation consoles that we have today. Uh, Derek, uh, obviously, we've lost John Madden within this last year. I know that you uh, had a very memorable speech about that in a prior episode. Uh, anything you want to say about Madden, the video game, debuting? I wish to apologize to the Madden family. Um, as I was a Tech Mobile uh, kid, and I played the snot out of Tech Mobile, um, even though Bo Jackson... Ran all over the field. He had certain colors that I didn't like. Um, and so, but PS2 rolls around uh, and I have most seasons of Madden for, uh, or I have had, should I say, two PS3. Uh, and now I'm at a PS4 and uh, I'm just waiting for this year's to come out and have the updated rosters and stuff like that. I do enjoy when you can, when you, uh, uh, when you guys get drafted, you can go in and update your roster. And uh, I was so excited a couple of years back when a certain number three quarterback came to the Denver Broncos. Um, now I'm even more glad that another number three quarterback has come to the Denver Broncos because I was so excited for Drew Locke when he, was drafted and he updated into my my Madden and uh, now I'm not as much. So um, I love Madden. The, it's one of the best sports games of all time and um, I have fond memories of it. I've just got to say it because it's true. Madden 2004, best Madden ever. I think so. Uh, the one with Vic on the cover. It also yeah. didn't help that they brought out the uh, passing cone the following year. And that was not, not the best thing ever. No. Um, let's go ahead and switch it up to, to current sports, though. So, uh, Derek, my friend, I know that you were, uh, you had your clovers in hand the other night, as the Celtics did indeed defeat the Heat in the game seven, as you predicted. I was a, a little a game early on that, mm -hmm. and uh, wire to wire victory there in game seven. Barely. Although it did get nervous there at the end. Uh, first, how are you feeling about getting the prediction right? 
and having the Celtics in the NBA Finals. I am very excited. Uh, as some people you might have you might have read that these Boston Celtics have been in exactly half of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals of all times. So since they've split into Eastern Conference, Western Conference, um, the Celtics have been in half of those. Now, a lot of those were in the 80s when they were winning like 16 straight championships. So to each their own when it comes to that, it kind of skews things. But I'm very excited about the matchup. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of uh, the Celtics don't have a chance, anything like that. Um, I can't wait for these games because I don't hate either team. Um, I'm green supporter and uh, looking forward to them playing the uh, Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry is a good guy. And so, you know, let's let's bring on these games. Can't wait for Thursday to roll around and uh, to get this started. I will say when Derek says he's a green supporter, I have to point out that he is not a Draymond green supporter. I think that he is specifically referring to the Celtics green in that comment. Generally, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go ahead and thank you for that clarification. He's going to be my PR manager while I run for office. So it is the Celtics and the Warriors. I think both teams bring a lot to the table. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there that I think an X factor in this series for me, as far as someone coming off the bench, someone that people may not be expecting is going to be Grant Williams. I do think yeah. that he looked a little bit uh, under the weather or sluggish towards the end of the series against the heat. I mean, let's face it. It's the playoffs at the end of the playoffs. Everyone's a little bit banged up. The Celtics also come in with less rest. So I'm going to say, Whatever happens with game one, don't overreact. I, I think that there have been many playoff games this year that have been big score margins. And I think a rested Warriors team, whether they're rusty or whether they come out and shoot like crazy, it's game one. Let's not overinvest in it. Uh, Derek, do you have any kind of X factors or any takeaways you want uh, going into game one before we give our predictions? So I always look at... Um, I always look at players. So if this player is doing well, then this team has a really good chance of winning. And for me, I know I'm a homer, so just hold, go ahead and hold it to me. But the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart for the um, for the Boston Celtics, not only because he's from Oklahoma State, but because if he is out on the wing. He's a very good wing defender. If he is out there, if they are switching, if they are are able to to get in the face of Curry and Clay Thompson and uh, you know even some Wiggins uh, a little bit, uh, Andrew Wiggins, then that looks good. You know that's good for the Celtics. They're able to slow down lower scoring game. So I think I think Jason Tatum's going to have a bunch of great games. I think he's always going to be on. But for me, if Marcus Smart is is doing his thing, still putting up some uh, a little bit of points, but doing most of the defensive end, then you have a good chance the Celtics win in the series in the long run. I mean, I definitely can echo some of those comments. I thought Marcus Smart was the player that kind of carried them to the Game 7 win in the second half. Uh, he did hit really well from three, and then he shot some threes that you went, 
Oh gosh, I I would I would have rather you not taken that, Marcus. That's but, who he is as a player. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, uh, he's not the shooter of J.R. Smith, but he's much much better at defending <laughs> and knowing how much time is left on the clock. So I do think that both of those make great X factors. All of that being said, the rest, the home court advantage, I'm leaning Golden State in this one, even though my heart wants to let it go a different way. I just like seeing fresh teams, and the Warriors feel like uh, a team from four or five years ago kind of rising again. Uh, they don't have Durant this time, which I guess makes it better as an Oklahoman, but I still don't, they still have that like bit of bad taste in my mouth that I can't really overly be excited for them winning. Whereas I feel like the young Celtics winning, it could, I could be excited for them, but I'm going to say warriors in six, Derek, uh, what is your prediction? Uh, I am going to go. I think you're, you're actually wrong about the rest because there is enough rest between the Eastern conference finals and the start of the the finals, I think the Celtics are going to get binged up well enough. I think the defense wins championships. Uh, I think there's going to be nights where the Warriors can't hit. And I'll, I, I want to go even a step further. I'm taking Boston, win the series in six. I think the Celtics are going to win game one and then uh, go on and win three more games throughout the, the next five. Okay. Nice. It'll be a fun one. It'll be a fun one, Derek. Yeah. I'm excited for these NBA finals to be there. And uh, let's get it revved up. Let's get uh, the, these finals revved up. Absolutely. D- Derek is making my life way too easy as the host of this episode, but I'm loving it. So uh, let's talk about some of the racing that happened on Memorial Day weekend. I don't know about everyone, but I love being able to tune in to some of the different races that happened throughout the day. First up, going chronologically, was the Monte Carlo Grand Prix, and it's beautiful out there. And Sergio Perez took the win. The more that I look at Formula One, the more I get excited about some of the strategy. I'll admit that as a racing fan, I don't have the natural love for formula one that many people do especially if they got hooked on netflix with their series but sergio perez of the red bulls team he made the the right pit to switch from the wet tires to the intermediate tires at the right time everyone was trying to figure out when to make that switch when he did he got back out on the course no one caught him the rest of the time um i also love that in formula one their their pit stops are obscenely fast because they don't have any rules about how many people can be out there and if you're someone like me who grew up watching nascar and you see a formula one car come in and pit in like two and a half seconds and leave you're like uh i don't even understand how this happens but they do it and it's crazy uh derek any any thoughts about sergio perez formula one or uh crazy fast pit stops I want to go crazy fast pit stops. So my favorite piece of uh, Formula One racing, and you guys can laugh at me, find me on Twitter, at Derek Rusnick, the fluid dynamics of of the fuel itself. How do they get that much fuel into that vehicle 
in the two and a half seconds that it takes you know, that you were talking about? Like, how do you get, like, are you, is it, is it, you put it in and it <clears throat> quick, quick shot? I don't, I have no idea. I want to know. I know like in NASCAR, you have the, the thing and the, uh, the, the gravity pulls it down and, and puts, you fill fuel up the car. I don't know how to fuel to get the fuel in there. Maybe I'm just a little dork, but uh, that's that's fun to for me to watch. Derek, I'm I'm gonna spoil this a little bit for you. Okay. In Formula One, uh-huh. they start with all the fuel they need for the whole race. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, so that's on me. I I clearly do not do not know anything about Formula One. I thought that there was I thought they put fuel in the in there during pit stops. No, they're usually just changing tires and maybe making an adjustment on the hood or something like that. You know what? I, I am completely, see, egg on my face. I don't watch enough. Maybe I was watching something else when they were putting in gas because, yeah, I I had no idea. So there we go. I learned something today. Once again, Professor Caleb comes in, saves the day. I will say that if you watch the Indy 500, similar looking car does not have all the fuel that might okay, be where I'm you're coming in a little then. bit different. No, okay. no, no, no. So in 500, definitely the, the most famous race of the day was won by a Swede for the second time. Sweden, the second most listens to Brody Sports Talk of any country in the world. We thank you and we celebrate with you that Marcus Erickson is now the second Swede ever to win the race. I looked it up and it said that he was sponsored by a chocolate company that only sells chocolate in Norway and Sweden. And that made me insanely jealous because I wanted to order some Swedish chocolate and I can't. Um, Marcus Erickson did a great job though. He had the lead. There was a wreck late in the race. He had to hold the front and he really weaved back and forth across the brickyard in a way that I really haven't seen people do before to make sure that no one was able to get a good draft behind him. And it somewhat looked like he was out of control, but he was very controlled. And I kudos to Erickson for getting the win and, of course, drinking the milk, because that's apparently what you do in Indianapolis. Uh, Derek, any thoughts about Marcus Erickson or the fact that they do put fuel in their cars or (laughs) anything else you want to add here for the Indy 500? Maybe they they put milk in their cars to fuel it. I don't know. Maybe I just never watched. Never mind. We're not going back at it. Uh, on the first part of this segment, I was dumb. I'll just go ahead and mark it there. Uh, he used, he had whole milk at the at the end of his race. You know they they choose from whole milk, skim, uh, all kinds of the nut milk stuff like that. Um, he had whole milk. I would choose two percent. I was raised on two percent. I think that uh, whole milk is just a little too much for me. It was very. It looked very thick. Like, and when he drank it and then poured it over his head, it looked. It, it clung to him. So, um, I can only judge Indy 500s based on the milk, and that's is like because if I say anything about the cars, I'm going to be wrong. So, I I, I do know about milk though. I as we talk about milk, the only milk thing that comes to my head is uh, from Napoleon Dynamite, where he says, "I see you're drinking one percent." Yeah. Is that because you think you're fat? You could be drinking coal if you wanted to. Not what else could you not uh, not among the world's top pickup lines of all time. Hey, uh, whatever. I mean, it, it. I do think it worked sure. over time, but I don't think that I would recommend 
that is a go-to. Also, I don't know how often people run into people that are drinking milk. But that uh, apparently at the 8500, someone could use that on the winner. Let's transition. <laughs> I wanted to see how far you would take that before you figured out how to transition out of that. Uh, Coca-Cola 600. Man, that race is long. Um, yeah. This year, so it's a mile and a half track, and they usually have 400 laps. But because of some of the cautions that occurred late in the race, I think this one ended up being like 409 or 410. So it was really more like a Coca-Cola 630, uh, which is, does not roll off the tongue nearly as well. Uh, it was won by Denny Hamlin. Really the best way that I can say that is he avoided the wreck <laughs> late in the race. And then he hung on during their funky NASCAR overtime rules that I'm still getting used to because... NASCAR changed a whole bunch of stuff since I used to watch. Uh, I do have a tough time watching it now. Earnhardt was always my favorite, and it was it's tough to to get into it every now and then. But I did see a really bad wreck, and the car flipped sideways multiple times, rolling. They flipped the car. The driver got out. He looked completely fine. So that's always the most important thing. Even though a lot of vehicles wrecked, it appears everyone was safe at the end of the day. So, uh, and kudos to Denny Hamlin, older driver, getting a win there at the Coca-Cola 600. Derek, do you want to go ahead and switch to softball, or do you want to talk about Denny Hamlin and the FedEx 11 racing car? Good job, Denny Hamlin. So let's talk about NCAA softball. Um, he threw a softball in my general direction to try to transition off something I don't know anything about. Uh, so, so last week we talked about the regionals and how uh, we were at the Sweet 16, basically. Now we're at the Elite 8. So in bracket number one is going to be the University of Oklahoma, Northwestern, UCLA, and Texas. In bracket number two is going to be a bunch of orange teams. First orange team was Oregon State. Second orange team was Florida. Third orange team is Oklahoma State. And the team, I mean, why didn't they, they put Texas down into bracket number two so we could have an all orange bracket? But uh, number four is Arizona. So um, last week we talked about either OU or the field. So um, in there's the only two teams that have beaten the OU Sooner uh, women's softball team is still in the brackets with Oklahoma State and Texas. And Texas is in their bracket. So, you know, maybe there's an upset. Um, for me, I'm still taking uh, Oklahoma. Um, I think that UCLA will give them fits. I think Texas just doesn't have enough. I think they got lucky. And and for me, I'm taking Oklahoma State and Arizona um, on that side, either one of those teams to get to the championship game. Oregon State has a good story, but uh, Florida has history and they, they know how to win. But once again, Arizona is one of the best uh, softball teams of the last 25 years. 
And then Oklahoma State has a really good run this year, and they are really strong. Their pitching is good. The defense is good, and they are putting up enough runs to win the game. So for me, I'm still taking Oklahoma. Um, the field, I don't think, is uh, is going to do anything, but there's going to be a couple of close games, I bet. Caleb, anything you want to add to my softball coverage? So I do think Oklahoma is going to win bracket one and go to the final. Just to make a prediction for the other side, I'm going to, I, I mean, saying Oklahoma State is not really a homer pick. They are the best ranked team on that side. Uh, yeah. So it might be a little bit of chalk, but give me some bedlam, uh, bad blood for the the championship. Uh, Oklahoma State won the last matchup between them. So I'm going to say OU over Oklahoma State in three games. Uh, I'm gonna, It's not going to be a sweep Ooh. in the championship. So, so uh, there's going to be, there's going to have to be a, a win by Oklahoma State in the championship series. That's surprising. I mean, I, I've got, I want to, I want there to be some fun. I want there That's to be true. some fireworks. Sure. Um, I'm going to pitch this, pitch you a, qu- a different question, Derek. Okay. Uh, do you think that Oklahoma has some sort of an unfair advantage that the Women's College World Series played at Hall of Fame Stadium? No. Okay. You want okay. me to say Please. more? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to Brody Sports Talk. No. Okay. So it is Oklahoma City has put forth a really good atmosphere for softball. They have the Hall of Fame here. They have the stadium. International players come here, and we play Olympic-level events for softball. That being said, um, OU playing in Oklahoma City versus Norman is like go like Texas going to Dallas a lot of times. Um, like in a uh, on a bowl game, let's let's talk about college uh, football here. It's in their same state, but it's there is no real home field advantage. Um, just because most of the softball fans happen to be in around this this area like if you're going to group them together um that's where the fans are who want to come play softball and it's where it's at i mean you're going to wichita for for uh college baseball then that that never changes does it uh it's omaha but yeah you're omaha that's when wichita I am dumb tonight. Uh, let's just One go of those ahead. towns in a northern state from us. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think the, the way I would put it is, is it an advantage? Yes. Is it a huge advantage? Probably not. Um, anytime you're doing tickets for these things, it's all it. while the crowd may be slightly more Oklahoma, anyone who's there as a neutral is going to root for Oklahoma to lose. <laughs> like that's very true. Plus, Texas is in their region. Texas is never picking, never rooting for OU to win. <laughs> so, it's like if you're going to say that it's biased for Oklahoma, it's at least slightly an advantage for Oklahoma State as well. I did look, and from like Norman to Hall of Fame Stadium, it said it was like 30 minutes. 
from Stillwater to Hall of Fame Stadium was like 56 minutes. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's next door. Is it nice to be able to potentially stay in your own stuff and not be in a hotel? Yeah. But, oh, you may technically travel further to stay back at their own place than if they were to have somewhere down closer to the stadium. So, I don't know. I think that while it may be considered an advantage, it's not that big of a deal. It, you, you, play, you play the games. It just happens that the OU has invested in their softball program with a great coach, a great stadium in Norman, and good facilities for that softball program. If OU or OSU were not the best, I mean, because at one point in time, OU wasn't the best softball uh, program out there, but yet uh, the stadium was still there. I mean, they revamped it because of uh, of the growth of it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, UCLA or Arizona has come in and played a championship without um, without any of the local teams. It's just where it's at. NOU gets to play there and... Sorry, folks. Travel, I guess. It's all it's all good. So let's touch on a couple of other sports uh, to to bring this thing home. So NHL uh, NHL playoffs have now reached their conference finals. In the Western Conference, it is the Avalanche versus the Oilers, and in the Eastern Conference, it is the Lightning versus the Rangers. I'll be honest and say I've watched some of it. I don't think I'm smart enough to give a ton of in-depth commentary about hockey because the no one will talk with me about hockey in this state <laughs> for the most part um once the blazers left uh there was a lack of interest so i'm gonna go ahead and just make some quick predictions here i'm gonna say oilers in six and i'm gonna go ahead and say lightning in seven uh, Lightning trying to get back to back to back if they do that. So uh, I'm going Oilers Lightning. Derek, do you uh, agree, disagree, or where are your takes on those? Hart says Avalanche because I'm an Avs fan from way back with Joe Sackick and uh, those guys when I, I had probably 96, 97. Um, but I think the Oilers are going to win. Um, in the six games, like you said, um, I think the Lightning are just going to route the Rangers. Um, I think that's in five games if the Rangers are lucky. Um, so Oilers, Lightning, and uh, we'll see what happens if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I do have to throw it out there. Kudos to the Rangers for winning five straight elimination games. They did it three times against Pittsburgh, and then they did it twice against Carolina. I didn't think they were going to win either of those series. So apparently I'm just going to keep picking against the New York Rangers in part because they have a really bad name. Uh, The person who owned them was a Texan. And so they were named the New York Rangers after the Texas Rangers, kind of like the baseball team, kind of like Walker, Texas Ranger. And (laughs) I think that it's just not, it doesn't fit New York at all. I wish that they had some sort of New Yorkian style name. Maybe that's just New York subways. That would work. That would work. Uh, Let's talk for a few seconds about soccer. 
So Nottingham Forest did beat Huddersfield one to nothing to get them promoted into the Premier League. It was a very exciting match for them to win and very fun to see at Wembley. Uh, Nottingham Forest hasn't been in the Premier League since the 90s, so best of luck because uh, while you can make it to the Premier League, it's often those same teams that get relegated. Just ask Watford and Norwich from last season. <laughs> and in the Champions League final, uh, beautiful things happened for me as an Everton fan because our rival Liverpool was in that game, and they lost one to nothing to Real Madrid. And it was some of the best soccer I've ever watched. The ball was going up and down the pitch very quickly. Liverpool, to be honest, took more shots than Real Madrid. But they didn't win. And I'm okay with that. So uh, Real Madrid had to beat Manchester City, who won the Premier League, and Liverpool, who finished second in the Premier League, to win the Champions League. And I, they said this was the 14th time that Real Madrid has won a European title. So whether it's the Champions League or Europa, I think that is crazy. It is twice that of what any other team has been able to do. So kudos to Real Madrid and Carlo Ancelotti for getting it done. Uh, Derek, anything you want to add there? Or do you want to talk? Uh, so that game was played in Paris and Rafael Nadal was there if you want to switch topics. so you No, I, I have a question. So I've read a lot of books and watched a lot of movies. Um, does Will Scarlett and Little John and Robin Hood, do they play for the other team? Because I know the rival was always the Sheriff of Nottingham. So, no? No? no. Okay. No, they do Nottingham. not play in Huddersfield. Okay. <laughs> um, good job on uh, Real Madrid and uh, being in uh, Sweet Paris. And let's move over to to Tennis. Um, shout out to a uh, co-host on assignment, um, Sh- Sean Morgan, because his favorite tennis player lost. Um, no, his uh, Nadal, Rafa Nadal beat uh, Jokic. How, how do you say that? Novak Jok- Djokovic. Djokovic. I have to say the the, the full name because I always get it wrong. I think you should guys turn this podcast off because I just cannot put sentences together tonight. And I, I am so, so very sorry. I get the, the basketball player and the tennis player mixed up all the time. That being said, uh, quarterfinals, French open championship, Nadal win six, two, four, six, six, two, seven, six, and, uh, moves on. And, Novak is going home to cry. Absolutely, he is. Uh, just great things from Rafael Nadal. Puts him in a semifinal. He's the king of clay. There's no Federer. He took out Djokovic. And he gets an extra day to rest compared to some of the people on the other side of the draw. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. And I may be wrong, but I'm going to say Nadal wins the tournament. You're probably wins right. Wins the French Open again. And that's really all that we want to talk about in this Brody Sports Breakdown. I hope that you all have enjoyed our coverage uh, across the sports spectrum. I don't know where you hear more sports than NBA, racing, softball, hockey, soccer, and tennis in one roughly 30-minute-ish podcast. So I want to thank Derek for 
being flexible with me. We're trying some new stuff here. If you like it, if you like it, let us know on Twitter at Brody Talk. That is our Twitter handle of the show. And you can always find our podcast in our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. So on behalf of Derek, my name is Caleb. We are signing out and y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye guys.